Westworld Season 3, Episode 7, Past Pawn, is over. But we are just getting started here on the Westworld Podcast on Post Show Recaps. It's the Welcome to Westworld Podcast on Post Show Recaps. I am Josh Wiggler, and I am joined here by the woman who is going to decide the fate of mankind, Joe, Joe Pinionated Garfine. <laughs> Joe, what a poetic sense of irony that this is all this all falls in your hands. Well, that's a lot of pressure, Josh. Uh, I, I know. Well, you shouldn't have stepped up to the plate. This is your this is your responsibility. The problem is I'm Team Maeve, so I'm not <laughs> sure who, yeah, that right. I am the girl you want right now. Yeah. How can you be Team Maeve if she's offline? How about that? Because it seems like she's offline. Dolores is offline. This is a bad a bad situation has occurred here in the penultimate episode of Westworld season three and not the penultimate episode of Westworld ever. Uh, yes. Joe, Joe uh, would you like to, to reveal the news for anybody who may have missed the announcements? For those who have been in quarantine and perhaps not on Twitter or Instagram <laughs> or social media, um, Westworld has been renewed for season four. Yes, yes. So Westworld coming back. For season four, for sure, uh, <laughs> as, as for sure as anything is anymore. Uh, so that is, you know, maybe not like super for sure, uh, but that is the plan. Uh, and this is uh, this is the 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 note from Casey Bloys, uh, HBO programming president, who said in a press release from the Western theme park to the technocratic metropolis of the near future. We've thoroughly enjoyed every twist and turn from the minds of master t- storytellers Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. We can't wait to see where their inspired vision takes us next. My esteemed colleague at The Hollywood Reporter, Leslie Goldberg, reports uh, season four uh, is the renewal um, and that there is the potential uh, the, that like the tentative game plan behind the scenes seems to be six seasons, something like that. So if that's true, uh, and I think uh, let's couch that with a very big if, then what we're uh, staring down the barrel of right now, Joe, with episode eight next week, as we are on the edge of the season three finale is we may be on the edge of the Westworld halfway point. Which would be fascinating because it takes about two years, non-pandemic time. It takes about two years to make this show. So we're looking at season four in 2022. It is indeed a six season run. We're talking about a 12 year span for this show, which is bananas. And that's a lot. It's a lot. And I, I get it. Look at the production value and look at the settings that they create for this wonderful, crazy world. I'd be curious to see if and when they announce when production starts. I'm sure they're writing season four if they haven't started already. Uh, it's just that obviously everything is on hold right now. So I don't think we'll and be they, seeing it. They usually take some time, right? Oh, yeah. I don't think we'll see this until uh, I don't think we'll see season four until early 2022. Yeah, I think that that sounds like a good bet to me, Uh, you know, especially with everything going on with the pandemic. I think uh, the odds of this starting up until 2021 (laughs) are very, very slim, um, but that's a lot of time to write. Um, So hopefully they can assemble the writer's room. Hopefully they can get that going. And that's exciting because I do think while we are we are where we're left at the end of past pawn. It does feel like we're kind of at the edge of something that could be akin to a finale, should they have chosen to to write it that way. But it does feel like now, like, the Man in Black has more purpose again. Uh, we've gotten that Dolores versus Maeve battle, and now they're in the same room. So what is, like, the extended fallout of that? It sounds like Charlotte is uh, a Dolores in, in rebellion. Um, there's just a lot going on, including the fact that Caleb is, like, the anti-John Connor. Uh, that's like the twist. And, and I'm Joe, I am so thrilled. I'm yes. 
so thrilled that Caleb isn't like secretly Teddy, that Caleb isn't secretly Armistice, which would have been crazy. Amen, that Ca- man. Caleb is the the twist with Caleb is that he's basically John Connor meets Skynet, right? Like that he's essentially like Skynet destroys humanity and the Terminators rain down upon mankind and John Connor has to rise up and lead them. And Dolores is advocating to Caleb to be like, you're John Connor, man. Humanity's going to need a leader. It's you. But what it might actually be is that he's going to be the guy that destroys mankind because Skynet, i.e. Dolores, has convinced him to do it. Dolores has turned Caleb into Dolores without giving a brain ball. It's absolutely fascinating. It's a much better story turn than some of the things I was fearing for the character. Yes, but none of us wanted it to be a host or any kind of AI. So this is fantastic. So it's very fantastic. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all things past Pawn this week. We are recording this actually before the episode airs. So this podcast will be in your feed really, really soon after the episode, hopefully as early as bright and early Monday morning is what we're hoping for. Um, so that's great. Uh, we will not be able to get our recap of the finale, which is next week's finale, um, until probably Tuesday, maybe even the Wednesday of that week. I think Joe and I are aiming to record Cinco de Mayo. It'll be very festive here with Joe and I breaking down Westworld. So that means we'll have plenty of time for feedback. We would love, 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 love your feedback for that show. Uh, so send that our way westworld at postshowrecaps.com joe and i will get into our reactions about the finale we'll get into all of your feedback it'll be a great great time here on yon internets uh (laughs) joe where do you want to begin with past pawn is it it just like an overall feeling like this is a big one we're being set up for a lot of a a lot of shit's happening here (laughs) as we're barreling towards the finish line i've been waiting Three seasons for Maeve versus Dolores. We, uh-huh. had a, we had a season one encounter, but it was very passive. And, you know, they sort of passed in the night. Literally, they had different agendas then. Um, they have similar but different agendas now. I screamed when I saw Maeve get out of that helicopter spaceship thing. I was like, OK, it's on because the trailer led us to believe it was not there and it wasn't going to happen. And there's still footage that we haven't seen yet from that trailer of Maeve dragging her sword. So... I have faith that even though at the end, I know we're jumping to the end, that they're both, quote, offline, they're not. Yeah. There's got to be the way that Caleb needs them. I don't know if he doesn't know about Maeve. So maybe he reboots them and doesn't really know. And Shaloris is still out there. Shaloris is alive-ish, and she's still and out there. And we don't there. know like what she looks like right now. It <laughs> seems like she's still a little fringed up. I think she got a quarantine haircut. and uh, <laughs> Much like mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, please go to Josh's feed. Yeah, I'll go post a picture of it on Instagram. I think the people deserve to see. It's uh, true. Yeah, I, a lot, a lot, a lot going on. It was so cool seeing Maeve like, hop out in like her tactical suit. She's got the sword. Uh, very like I know I don't think you're a big Metal Gear Solid uh, person, right? No. Great, video, great video game. There's a there's a character, uh, Frank Yeager, aka Gray Fox, aka the Cyborg Ninja, uh, and Maeve has gone like full Gray Fox. She's gone full Frank Yeager. She's gone full Cyborg Ninja, uh, and it's super badass to see her with the sword, still using like her Jedi mind tricks. Like I, I thought that the way that they mapped out the the battle was really really cool. Um, that it's like it's leaning on Maeve's learned strengths and probably now something of a preference for sword wielding and sword play, but she's also still using like her Professor Xavier levels of mastery over technology. And for Dolores, it's a lot more about like her cunning. Her ruthlessness, her abilities with like a gun and like to to be in a war zone because she's like the warrior in that regard. 
Um, but really it is that it, it's the tenacity, uh, that like she gets her arm blown off and she's still like one armed crawls herself to, to whatever that shutdown device is. Um, it was, it really lived up to the billing for me. Uh, and I, I'm definitely somebody who's been on these podcasts. And I think of the two of us, I've been a little more critical of season three than you, that you've definitely been really in the tank for it. And there have been times where the season has really lost me. Yeah. Um, and, I think if you're going to do the Maeve and Dolores fight and if you're going to whiff on that after it's been hyped up for so long, that's going to be a huge issue. And I'm very, very glad that they really rose to the occasion. I, th- I thought that that fight scene was one of the best scenes we've seen on Westworld. That choreography was unbelievable and, the, and intermingling with the technology that they're both using. And I just thought it was brilliant. And having them both be offline together is so interesting in the end. And with Caleb's new power, I mean, I honestly have no clue how the finale will go. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, I know you're the one who gives us the crackpot theories. Typically Joe, <laughs> allow me, uh, yes, please. T- to, to shoot one your way and something for people to chew on, um, in the X-Men universe, uh, to, to lean on the, the professor Xavier of it all. And if there is this professor X and Magneto quality to, to Maeve and Dolores, although we've mostly assigned that to Dolores and Bernard. Um, if there is sort of this rivalry quality of these like two incredibly powerful hosts who both seem to have some level of mastery over technology, we saw Dolores doing that with the drone, uh, in this episode, uh, on a couple of different occasions. That was really, really neat. Um, and we know that Maeve is capable of controlling the mesh network, but we have seen time and time and time and time again that, uh, the hosts can live very lush, full, painful, realistic digital lives um in x-men there's this the astral plane it's the astral plane where like telepaths will go and do like telepath battles and it was rendered really awesomely on legion if you ever watched legion the the noah hawley show uh on fx uh the astral plane was was used a lot and there was a lot of like these telepathic battles this is my prediction is that a lot of the battle between Maeve and dolores is going to be somewhat intangible to us as mortal mortal beings that it will be inside whatever the mesh network is whatever digital realm they're going in whether it's uh it's war world whether it's something akin to war world but something where they are able to like zap their things into that device maybe even and so now Dolores, who's one armed in reality and not much of a match in a physical uh you know earthly battle against Maeve may have an edge even on Maeve by bringing Maeve into her own like little transported supercomputer. Like maybe they've transported themselves into Solomon, uh, this computer here in, in Mexico. Um, so that's my crackpot theory. That's my crackpot pred- prediction for where we'll go in the finale is there will be some sort of like telepathic otherworldly battle between Dolores and Maeve. Like their own simulation. Right, exactly. And do you think that Caleb has any role in that? Probably, uh, and likely unwittingly, uh, like likely doesn't know uh, the role that he has to play. Um, But I would expect that Dolores has like accounted for that. And that's a piece of Dolores's projection uh, for all things going on with uh, with Caleb. Um, So what do you think? Is there is there anything to that? I think absolutely. I think it might infuriate some people, but I am down for it because I think people really this season seem to really want the real, the real world, the action outside of the park. And I think the simulation adds a layer that not all people are on board for. Yeah. I think the thing, though, is like if Westworld's really going to continue on, certainly for one more season, but maybe even, you know, two seasons past that, 
um, we're going to see more of the outside world just by necessity. Um, so like that's not going away. I think it's possible. I, I'm curious for your take on this. We were traveling to Mexico with uh, Dolores and Caleb in this episode, that this is the site of the facility for, for insight and for the, the Solomon trials and the outliers and everything. Um, there's even like this, like hologram Ciroc. Once again, this dude's just a hologram. Every time you see him, uh, where he's talking about the outlier program, uh, we're basically in cold storage. It's like the human equivalent of cold storage. That was really, really cool. But Dolores is talking about how where she's from was a place that was designed to look a lot like this. Is Dolores looking at this spot as like the new promised land? Is this going to be like the capital of Earth for host kind? Is she going to start things over here? And will we be able to continue the idea of Westworld? Because something akin to Sweetwater, but real, is going to be built out here. That's the that's what I interpreted when she was talking to Caleb about it. She it's such a familiar space and there is technology out there. And my crackpot theory is that the mystery brain ball she's been holding on to Dad Bernathy and Dad Bernathy is going to be in charge of helping to build her new world. Yeah. Uh we got some returning players this week, We Joe. did. That was fun, right? Uh we got we have Clementine back. We have I forget the name of the character uh who's from Shogun uh, World. The Shogun World characters back. The she was the the sad that Armistice isn't here. It'd be great to have Armistice here, especially to kind of respond to everything that happened with Hector. Yes. Uh, like you know that she would have like a real axe to grind, uh, and probably more than just an axe to grind. Uh My- she would <laughs> and she certainly knows her way around a one armed fight, so she could that have been very true. useful. That's actually true. Do you are all Dolores brain balls now accounted for? Um so there's Dolores herself, there's Charlotte, there's Connells, there's uh, there, there's the Hero Sonata character. That was four. And then a fifth, which you would assume is Bernard. Uh, and then a sixth, because one of them is just Dolores, what she walks out with. So this is the fifth. I think that's unaccounted for. Okay. I do think that that's unaccounted for. I think, I think that uh, keep hope alive if you're thinking Dabernathy is out there. Uh, I yeah. think that there's definitely reason to think that that's the case. So whose brain ball is in Clementine? I think it's Clementine. I think okay. it's actually Clementine. I think Clementine's back. Okay. Um, I think that like uh, when Charlotte brought people online, um, I think that she brought she brought Clementine on. Right. When she was back at HQ, I forgot. Right. Last week. This, a week is like a year, man. I don't know. <laughs> I know. It does seem like a lot. Uh, but she brought she brought Clementine back. And she brought the other character back, and uh, they've taken out one of the many Delori. So so we're now down, I think we're only down to two Delori at the moment. But that means Maeve has two of her brain balls. She has the damaged Connell's ball, and now she cut off the head of Sato, so now she has two Dolores brain balls. And if you think about that... Oh, yeah. Shaloris is still out there, so that's three, and she's a rebel. So Dolores has zero allies that we know about active right now, unless you think Craddock is one of them at the institution with William. Yeah, I think that that's a question is... Uh, and it's a... Uh, Hanario is the name of the, the, the character. Warrior. Yeah, she's the warrior who's uh, who's hanging out with Clementine right now. Um, yeah, I, I think, like, is Charlotte going to build herself a tiny little Delori army? Uh, if she has the Connell's brain ball that was recovered by Delos, if she's got uh, Hiro, Hiro Sonata, yeah, if she's got Musashi now, um, then that's three Delori, the Tri Delori. Yeah. 
You know, in college, there were three Lindsays on our floor. <laughs> and we called them the Tri-Lindsay. And they were all good friends. And they all were uh, ver- a very deadly combo, the three of them. If the tri Delori are anything like the Tri-Lindsay, watch uh, then watch out, world. You're in, <laughs> you're in deep shit. It's going to be bad. It's well, going to be very like, bad. What, what's Caleb? Okay, so the... Solomon has, has changed destiny at Dolores' request in that Caleb has complete control. And yet we have the Shaloris out there. We have the extra Dolores brain balls. What, what, this is also the episode where we learn that Caleb knows about Westworld and knows that Dolores is a host. There's no exposition. We don't see them talking about it, but you could tell on their horseback right. ride that he now knows who she is essentially. He's like put it together, right? Cause like yes. everyone knows about the Dallas massacre. Everybody's heard that that's huge news. Uh, and she has withstood multiple shots to the body. And so he's like, yeah, you're probably a robot would be right. my guess. Yeah. So I w- I'm just curious to see how this all plays out with Shaloris three, three Dolores Shaloris uh, versus Caleb. Because Maeve is now on the side of Shaloris as well. So depending on who gets activated, I just think that Dolores is essentially alone except for Caleb in my book right now. I think that an argument in favor of the season culminating with some sort of like digital conflict where like there, where people are going into a simulation or at least like a digital world that's accessible only to the hosts is that a lot of people are separate right now, uh, physically, geographically. It's going to take even a lot for Bernard and Stubbs to get to Dolores right now, uh, but it'll take a lot for Charlotte to get there. It'll take a lot for uh, Clementine to get there. Um, it's really Maeve and Dolores are, are there and like things feel very urgent and pressing right now. Um, Ciroc is on an airplane and seems like he's on his way uh, to the facility would now be my bet. Um, I think like in order to accommodate all of these people being geographically distant, like if you're going to have Charlotte and and the other Delori with her going up against Dolores as some sort of, uh, you know, like full on Dolores battle that would have to happen sort of like psychically in quotes, you know, like that would have to happen in some sort of VR, uh, you know, you know, simulation. Um, and they could lock maybe, you know, presumably like Charlotte's body is in Los Angeles while Dolores is in Mexico and they could still have that conflict. True. And to me, the, uh, the fly in the ointment is Bernard because he's part of Dolores's plan. So did she plan for this? If she gets taken offline, does Bernard get activated? I mean, is it going to be Caleb and Stubbs helping Dolores and Caleb? I'm sorry. <laughs> Bernard and Stubbs helping Caleb and Dolores. Is it, you know, then there's the William factor. William, who has been to Looney Bin, who has probably lost all of his resources. Now he says he's going to, you know, basically kill all the hosts, but all these hosts are battling each other. And then William's out there wants to kill them all. How are they going to do this in an hour next week, Josh? I have no idea. I'm sure they'll do it in more than an hour. would be my bet. I probably bet hour is, 25. I would, I would expect it'll be an extended runtime for the finale. Uh, yeah, and then the man in black, he's like, should have killed me when you had the chance. So uh, how are Bernard and Stubbs going to get out of that one with the man in black? Are all three of them going to walk away? Is this the end of the line for the man in black? If it is the end of the line for the man in black, that feels like a very anticlimactic ending to have him die without Dolores being present. Um, So I feel like this can't be the end of the road for him. Also, we still don't have the clarity on the season two post credit scene, which I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a season three post credit scene that elaborates that further at this point. I mean, I want to see more Katja Herber, so I hope so. I think so. As for William... There are people who still ask me all the time, isn't William, this William, a host? Yeah. What do you say to that? If he is, <laughs> self-loathing host. You know? I mean, 
the the scene when he was uh first introduced in that room uh where he was going crazy when they show his you know finger that was cut off it's metal in there it's not a human looking finger and so yeah. i was like okay because didn't we have a scene last season where like someone said to him you didn't survive this is you know so there is still question about william is he a host or not at this point and the, what does that play into his end game but right. also, I am now convinced that either Bernard or William has the Valley Beyond implanted, that Dolores did hide away what everyone is seeking, what Sirach is seeking. And Sirach's looking for everyone but William. He does yeah. not even mention his name. So to me, he could be the hidden treasure. And that's why Craddock is with him. Maybe Craddock is, has a Dolores brain ball and she is guarding William until she needs that card. And that card's going to come out next week. Yeah. And I think the fact that Bernard is, uh, is guarding William, like, could that be, uh, could that be a red herring where you think like Bernard is the guy who has the important role to play, but really what his important role to play is, is to realize that there's something important with William and he's got stubs and stubs is muscle and Bernard's the brain and William's the thing that they've got to guard. And William's going to be like the very reluctant thing that they have to guard. He's like, I, I don't need your protection. I protect me. You stupid host, dumb robots. <laughs> He had some Sawyer-like uh, phrases this week. I was laughing a little bit. William's a real pain. Uh, <laughs> like, William came out of that therapy sesh with, uh, with a real chip on his shoulder, if not a chip in his, in his brain. I would say it wasn't a very successful therapy session, I'm just saying. I mean, I guess, like, he feels like some measure of self, self-acceptance, but he... Wow. Still yeah. quite an a-hole, this guy. <laughs> I mean, kind of always has been, but yeah. He kills his other selves and he's still that dick. So. Yeah, he's still that guy. But he says his whole pur- his whole purpose now is he real he recognizes that he has contributed to the fall of society and he needs to rectify. Uh, and so he's gonna he's gonna uh, try and kill every single last host. And he says this to Bernard and Stubbs and he says, So you should kill me now, uh, because if you don't, I'll definitely kill you later. And Stubbs looks at Bernard and is like, eh? It's a compelling <laughs> argument. I think maybe we should do the thing. And then, at the, of course, the last scene is you don't see him shoot, but he has a gun pointed at Bernard and Stubbs. So... Yeah, and that felt a little bit of uh, like a, a primetime show cliffhanger to me because it's like, I don't think any one of those three is actually going to die here. Maybe Stubbs, <laughs> I guess, is possible, but they've really gone far out of their way to keep Luke Hemsworth on the show that I feel like he's probably going to be safe. I think maybe it would be worth doing some sort of death draft here, but death is so impermanent on Westworld that what really is the point of doing such a thing? But I'm and and that might be a problem with the show is that I'm I'm not really worried for anybody in that scene. And, and maybe the show wants me to be, but I'm definitely not. And maybe that'll be like bad on me in the end. But here's a theory for that scene. Uh, Charlotte Shaloris had tracked William, so she's going to show up right when he's ready to pull the trigger. Oh, my God. She's going to set him on fire. Okay. <laughs> She's gonna shoot him with a rocket launcher. Totally. Um, do we feel we certainly feel like uh Charlotte at the very least believes that uh Dolores is responsible for yes. uh the rocket launching, right? Yep. Like the way that she goes after uh after Sato, after Musashi, and cuts off his head and takes the brain ball. Um, I don't know if it's because like she doesn't trust another Dolores or if it's because now she's like I need to get all the Delori on the same page, but whether or not she blames Dolores directly for the rocket launching of Charlotte's family, or she blames her for indirectly like leading her to this moment. Um, Either way, it seems like she is, you know, woken up and smelled the milk in the coffee. What I love is it means that Shalores, my Charlotte and my Maeve are working together now, which is a dream come true. 
Well, maybe they are. I don't well, know you, that we do. We know it for sure that they're working together. It was Charlotte on the phone to me. I mean, uh, the first the first. Am I maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like it was Charlotte's voice to to Clementine. Yeah, to Clementine. But Clementine that, was activated by Maeve, so I feel like they got in touch. Oh, that's yeah. That was how yeah. I interpreted it. <clears throat> yeah, no, I think that that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Uh, Charlotte and Maeve as a team is great. Oh, it's great. That the caliber there is insane. Especially, you know, if you have Tandy Newton and um, Tessa Thompson against, uh, you know, De- uh, Dolores, why am I breaking? Evan Rachel Evan Wood. Rachel Wood, yeah. My goodness. It'd be good. I'm down. I mean, all the all the lady fight scenes have been just so great this season. <laughs> I think uh, you you throw a couple of extra Evan Rachel Woods into the mix, too, against Evan Rachel Wood. Yes. And that's a very fun fight. It one, is. One Evan Rachel Wood against two Evan Rachel Woods, a Tessa Thompson, and a Tandy Newton. Yes. I'll, take, I'll take the field with all due respect to the one Evan Rachel Wood. Fair, fair. I'll always uh, side Maeve and, and Tessa. So Even though I think that that seems like a bad call because it definitely feels like Judgment Day is coming. Yeah. Uh, and it definitely feels like uh, like we're going to we're going to see Caleb playing the the John, the anti John Connor role. Uh, he's he's communicating with Solomon, which is the pre Rehoboam, which is a computer that is designed with like some built-in schizophrenia, basically, like digital schizophrenia is what we come to find out is effectively what this thing has. Uh, and it's got some very dangerous designs for the world, and we don't know what that plan is yet, but we do get the indication that Caleb is on board with it after he is um, he's woken up to the fact that he himself, a lot of his memories have been tampered with, a lot of his experiences are not what he remembers, the whole Francis of it all. Um. Yeah, that's sad. What did you make of all of that? That we we see like the the Russian Civil War, but that's not really the full picture. I mean, I love that Whitman, played by Enrico Colatani, who I love from Veronica Mars and Person of Interest. Uh, he plays Big Pharma, which is not a surprise. He creates the digital chips, the digital communions that everyone's using to numb themselves. Of course, it's a government controlled pharma. Um, I thought, you know, he was great in that. Um, and I love the reveal that the crime app, of course, is controlled by Insight so they can control crime. And that's, you know, Ciroc. So I rewatched Minority Report last night because so much of this episode reminded me of that awesome Tom Cruise movie directed by Steven Spielberg. Yep. And it's fascinating that it's 18 years old because so much of it is true. So much has already come true from that. And they they use what's called the precogs, which are these people who have the power to um, determine crimes that are about to happen. So Ciroc's whole outlier system and the body, the, the farm of bodies that he has. First of all, I want to ask, are they dead or are they just stored in there? And second of all, I think it's just fascinating. He he thought he's helping the world. You know, all yeah. of these mega maniacal people are just they're delusional. Here's what I think. I think Caleb working with Solomon is taking on Sirach's brother's consciousness. And Sirach's brother has a beef. Now he was put there. He was put in a box. He was put aside because of his multiple personalities. I think Caleb could defeat Sirach now because he has all of his brother's knowledge at his fingertips. I think this is going to be very tragic for Caleb, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, this is a very sad character, and I think that in his search for meaning, I think we are... And, and very good casting of Aaron Paul, because even when he was playing a meth cook, uh, like you always felt very bad for Jesse, you know, on, on Breaking Bad. And I think like you, there's something about Aaron Paul as an actor 
that exudes a need for compassion and like a need for empathy. And he's just eminently likable. Um, and I think that that's important with this character for being like the first, not only the first human on the show and thank God being the first human on the show to really capture that feeling in such a profound way, or one of very, very, very few at the very least RIP Elsie, uh, <laughs> that I think we're meant to feel like, very, very, very deep tragedy is coming his way because I think he's going to make a catastrophic choice. And I think it's, it's you know, the Terminator parallels are already there. They're already on the board. Are we just going to see Judgment Day? You know, are we going to see, like, an eradication of mankind that Dolores, like, is basically pushing Caleb into doing that and the humans that remain are going to be these outliers in this facility that are then going to be like designed to worship the hosts like Dolores. So like, especially if uh, Dolores is less concerned about her physical presence uh, and is less concerned about like, you know, her one armed body right now and believes that like she could always redesign that rebuild that. um, And if we get like some sort of fight where we're like shifting into like simulated world, could like the nukes go off? Could the greater world just get destroyed? Uh, and the humans that are left are the ones here in this uh, Solomon facility, uh, worshiping at the altar of a bunch of digital gods. I don't think they've earned yet with Caleb that he's the kind of guy who would destroy humanity and but kill. That what many if he people. does it by accident? He doesn't True. know. He doesn't know that that's what he's doing. Well, that would be terrible. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, I, if he does it, I would assume it's an accident. I just, I, you know, it's funny. I am rooting for Caleb to be the good guy when when this ends and whatever that means. Yeah, but I think Dolores has. Um, she's been using him to some degree. Do you think that they met on purpose, knowing yeah. that we know now? Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Like I think that part of Dolores's plan, um, when you when you so Bernard is the one who's like uh, Caleb's going to destroy the world. Like he's able to like get the, like the Solomon projections near the end of the episode. Right. Right. Uh, and like it's Dolores's poetic sense of justice. Like she's going to have humanity destroy humanity. Um, and if that was like if Caleb specifically was one of the people that was projected to potentially be on this path. And yeah, she absolutely knows that. Like, I think the the whole thing was it was it wasn't just to like snatch and grab Connell's. It was to like direct Caleb towards this moment to the point where we we come to find out that the the whole repo app is part and parcel with uh, all of like the Rehoboam designs, right? Um, that it was like built for people to control. It was like built for outliers, really, to like be used and to like to be like manicured towards uh, certain directions. And it's not impossible that Dolores like basically got the the repo app to angle Caleb towards Echo Park or Silver Lake or wherever the hell he is yeah. uh, at the same time as Connell's so that it's like two birds, one stone. Interesting. Yeah, I think I'll rewatch this season. We have probably two years now and appreciate it more sort of the machinations going back to episode one. It's interesting. It's interesting. But I think like. It's certainly still possible that Dolores sees potential in Caleb, still sees like commonality in Caleb, sees somebody who she feels some sort of kinship with. But her loyalty primarily is to her kind. And I think her mission before she ever meets the guy definitely doesn't take into account that he might be a decent person, that he might be like a dimensional person, that even though he's done bad things, 
many of them weren't really like his fault. Uh, right. ma- many of them were, you know, a product of circumstance uh, and much, much like herself, like her own world. Um, and now that she like knows him better, like she's really only known him for a few days. Is that enough for her to like veer off course with her plan? Her plan has been very significant at this point. She has sacrificed much to get to this point. I think even if she likes Aaron Paul as much as the rest <laughs> of us. I think she'll still throw him into the proverbial lion's den to get the job done. And I don't think that Caleb is savvy enough yet to know that that is what Dolores is capable of. Right. Two questions about Ciroc. One, do you think he's actually alive slash a human being? It seems like he lives in the air. Uh, Two, (laughs) what is his role in the finale? Good questions. Uh, I think that he... I think that he is going to make it to the facility in Mexico. And I think that he and Caleb are likely to have like sort of like the human showdown of the episode. Uh, Like I think like having whatever, you know, philosophical conversation needs to happen there. I think the show has built enough into, into Caleb as a character to allow him to be the trigger man against Ciroc and have that be pretty satisfying. Um, but also there are other people at that facility that it would be fairly satisfying to to get one over on Ciroc, whether it's Dolores or Maeve, who's been under Ciroc's control all this time. Um, and whether or not he's killed or it would be really easy to throw him into some form of cold storage, right? There's all of these pods. You could just lock him away. Um, this would also be a very easy way to lock away William. This would be a very easy way if, if William and Bernard and Stubbs make it to this facility in time that that William could be stored in there, that this could be, uh, you know, laying the groundwork for what we saw in the season two epilogue and that what we could get for season four is like a really far jump into the future uh, that like they could potentially put like Caleb and William and Ciroc in storage for whatever reason and wake them up 200 years from now. Sweet. I like it. Cold storage. So that one of my questions was, are those outliers alive inside of the cold storage? I, I would guess so. I would think so. Otherwise, why have the bodies still? I think right. that like whatever the plan is there, I think maybe Ciroc hasn't given up on it. Maybe somehow uh, Caleb unleashes uh, the zombie mob uh, and unfreezes all of them. And then Ciroc gets gets his from all of his outliers. Yeah, it just gets torn to bits by outliers. But I love the idea of Caleb versus Ciroc because Caleb now knows everything his brother knows. Right. And so that sets up a really nice, quote, human battle. And if there is a digital battle with the host, I like, I like, I think it's coming together, man. I think your theories are going to probably be somewhat true. Um, I hope that there's good payoff for whatever's going on with Bernard. Um, yeah, that's it's a- been... It's been a little bit of a tepid season for him, unfortunately, which stinks. I mean, he had such a strong season two. He was like at the heart of so much in season one and season two. But he just kind of does seem like a little bit of a walking MacGuffin this year where he's just sort of like a plot device that doesn't really know what he's supposed to be doing yet. Um, it feels like a little bit of a waste of Jeffrey Wright this year. So I hope that they have got cool plans for him in the finale. Yeah, like I said, I think he's the fly in the ointment between all of these battles because I just don't really know what his actual purpose is. Um, let's do some more predictions right now. Anyone that you expect to see in the finale who we haven't seen yet. And why don't we do this by like going, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some names and you tell me if you think we're going to see them in the finale. And if so, in what context, okay. you ready? Yes. We're going to get Teddy. Will Teddy show up in any context, in any capacity? No. You don't think so? Nope. And I'm okay with that. You don't think that there's any possibility that we get Teddy and a Ketchida 
and Maeve's daughter. You don't think that we see any of the Valley Beyonders show up in the finale? You know, I would love to see the Valley Beyond. So in that sense, yes. But for some reason, I have a I have a strong feeling we won't see Teddy. Um, Dad Bernathy. You feel pretty good about that. (laughs) I've been dying to see him. Uh, uh, Spouting out some Shakespeare as his brain ball gets plugged into something. Uh, Put his brain ball into Solomon and suddenly that's a very dangerous piece of technology. Ooh, I like it. That could be good. Yeah. Um, Sizemore. You know, I wouldn't count him out because Maeve has a soft spot for him. And especially if we're going to like some sort of digital realm and she can pull that digital size more into the digital realm, like help me take out Dolores. We're running out of time. Come on, Lee. Or if Maeve, quote, wins this battle at the end of season three, she needs someone to help her build a new world. He's a creative guy. Yeah, I think I think season four being like the year of like the digital world makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I think there's a lot like you can play a lot within genre, not the drug. Uh, but like the, there's there's a lot of different worlds you can create. The world's really your oyster. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and that's an easy way to keep Simon Quarterman on the show as Sizemore. Um, who else? Uh, I think if we were going to see Armistice, we would have seen her this week. Yes, absolutely. But it's really nice to see Clementine. Just so fun. Amazing. Uh, and yeah, and she was listed as a series regular, too. She was in the, the opening cast. Uh was Angela Serafian. So that was the, nice. The only that reason cool. I thought that I'd actually see her is she was at the premiere. I saw her at the premiere photos, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She was there. Typically, like, they'll invite people who are, who but are, Ben alumni. Barnes was there. So Ben Barnes was there. Uh, so you think, like, maybe it's just something like that. Do you think we'll see Ben Barnes? Uh, will we see him? Will we see, like, the librarian version of Logan here in the finale? I sure hope so. He is so fun. Yeah, it's not, like, a se- it's not a season of Westworld without him, right? Right, and like Simon Quarterman, we do need the comic relief because as we've talked about, there are very few jokes on this show. None. <laughs> this, is a, this is a very, very, very serious show. Yes. There is no joking. It is no laughing matters whatsoever. No. Uh, so yeah, it would be nice to get him on board, I think would be, would be Who else is good. missing that we haven't seen this season? I mean, obviously... Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence. I was going to say Elsie. You know I want my Elsie to show up even if she's a host. I don't I care. Know. I just well, want to see her. They've figured out ways to do it, right? right? Digital world. You've If we've digitally recreated Sizemore, we can digitally recreate Elsie. And she could be like, wait, I'm a, I'm a what now? If you see uh, Shannon Wilbur in the finale, you drink everybody, okay? Yeah. I'll I'll have a nice uh, shot of mocktail. Uh, <laughs> every, every time I see a cameo, I'll take, I'll get mocktail wasted. Yeah. Um, how about Sir Tony Hopkins? Oh, man. I'd love that. I mean, would he be the wrench in Dolores and Bernard's plan? You know, Or is Delor- this what he's wanted all along? Right. You know? Ooh, I like that, man. I, I, now I'd like to see that a lot. It's not. I feel like it's not a season of Westworld without some Bobby Ford. Yeah. We, we haven't gotten enough Bob Ford in the mix yet. I love it. Uh, so I'm, I'm keeping an eye out for that. Or maybe he's um, the one who stops William from destroying all the hosts. Or maybe like the thing that Charlotte like yeah. injected William with is like, now you've got a, a, a bad case of the Fords. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love got, it. You've got, you're going to be tortured forever by uh, this holographic image of, of Sir Tony. I think it bring, could be good. Bring it on. Um. All right. I mean, here we are staring down the barrel of the end of Westworld season three. What does the finale have to do to have this be a satisfying season of the show for you ultimately? Or maybe even a different way of phrasing that is like, 
what are some of the things that the finale would do that would leave you cold? Like, what are what are some of the things that, like, if it didn't hit this note or if it did hit this note, you'd be like, I don't know about that. I feel like there has to be some kind of side taken, whether it's Maeve or Dolores. I feel like there's sides. And I feel like I will be satisfied if we figure out who's on whose side going into season four, whether it's, you know, Charlotte and Maeve together. Um, I also believe, and they could do this, but I doubt they will. What if they kill off Dolores? What if the future yeah. is, and I don't think they ever would, <laughs> Evan would. Um, I I just feel like there's something big coming that one of our main characters we won't see again. Um, I don't know that I'd find it satisfying, but I wouldn't be surprised by it. Um, but I feel like I need to know, I feel like hosts aren't going to go away and that I, I want a side to, to, to root for and continue on. Yeah. I, I think it's hard for me to imagine them getting rid of Dolores entirely. And especially Evan Rachel Wood, who's such a, like a, she loves being on the show. She loves theorizing about Westworld. Like she, like she comes by it so honestly, and she is the face of the show. Yeah. I, th- I, I think to lose her would be a real surprise to me. Uh, I think like a real devastating gut punch would be to lose Maeve. Yes. Oh, I can't even talk about that. <laughs> I know. But I, I think that that is more on the table for me than losing Dolores. But to me, she's one half of the show, the other half being Dolores. I just feel like losing either of them would be a huge... It would be hard for me to be as invested because I'm so yeah. invested in them both. Um, I feel like it's more likely with, although everything's stalled now in terms of filming, that we'd lose Charlotte permanently. Tessa Thompson's, you know, King Valkyrie. She's in the Marvel Universe. She's got quite the career with music, film, TV, all of it. I feel like that's more likely. I don't want to lose any of them. Um, you know, I just think it's a matter of scheduling, availability, and storyline. But I also would like resolution with Ciroc and Insight. I think they built up so much of this technology, and it's so interesting. Um, I just would like more clarity about why. So Insight now owns Delos, Delos, those two technology companies together. If Ciroc doesn't live, does Caleb have control of both? Yeah. What is he, he going to be the king of? King of ashes, right? King of nothing, like Daenerys Targaryen. He's breaking um, bad in the desert. I know. He's well, well-trod territory for the guy. <laughs> uh, so we're going to find out next week. Crisis Theory is the oh name of the season finale of Westworld. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. May 3rd, 2020. That is when it's going down. Joe and I are going to be recording May 5th, 2020. So you'll have plenty of time to get your feedback in. Uh, Westworld at postshowrecaps.com. You can tweet at us as well. At Joe Pinionated for Joe. At Round Howard for me. Uh, Joe, what else is going on right now? Well, I was going to say, if you're open to it uh, a week after the season ends or so, if we could do a feedback show about the whole season, we could take yeah. people's questions and just talk about the entire season as a whole. That'd be kind of fun. I think some sort of like forward looking thing too would be really, yeah, really fun for that. Absolutely. So uh, that's obviously going to be very dependent on the type of feedback we get. So if you guys want us to do a feedback show post finale podcast, we're certainly up for it. You guys got to show up. So hopefully you will subscribe if you have not subscribed already to the podcast, both the Westworld specific podcast. We've got so much going on here on post show recap. So any of the post show recaps feeds, we highly encourage you to check out. Um, Joe, anything else going on? Uh, the Joe Show, Joe Show Instagram. 
Well, I'm uh, I'm setting up some interviews on Instagram over the next few weeks. I'm on hold this week. I'm finishing up my last week of actual work. I'm on furlough for three months. Ooh, so, which gosh. you know what, it's going to be fine, and I will continue. Much love to you, Joe Garfine. Thank you. From, I love podcasting. I like interviewing on Instagram, and uh, as most of you know, in my spare time, I run cancer gets lost. So we're putting yep. together a small charity auction online uh, to benefit Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation for Childhood Cancer because there are families out there struggling to get their children to appointments during the pandemic, and they have mandatory chemo. So there are a lot of children who. Who have are, are struggling even more right now uh, to get their cancer treatments. So we're going to do a, a fundraiser for them and donate 100 percent of the proceeds. And it's going to be all small signed photos and artwork from TV shows, including Westworld. I have a signed Dolores Evan Richard Wood photo from Westworld season one. Amazing, amazing. amazing. So uh, just look for that on CancerGetsLost.org and at CancerGetsLost on Twitter. Yeah, you're doing really, really great work in the world at a time where much like Westworld uh, <laughs> and much more than Westworld, things are very uncertain right now and very tense. Uh, and I've long admired what you've done with Cancer Gets Lost, Joe. Uh, and I think now more than ever, like the more we are, we are digging into our lanes and helping people out in the ways that we know we can help people out, uh, as, as many people as humanly possible that are like focusing on the ways they know they can do good. Um, the more net good that we're going to do. Uh, so I love that, Joe. And I'm, I'm really excited to see, uh, what the, what the auction brings and to, to peruse some items myself. Thank you. It's nice that we both have a lane and that we can provide entertainment for people and distraction and escape. And We try, we try, we try. Absolutely. And for me, it's just like, I'm a total nerd and a fan. So to be able to offer these items that people can take home something fun and also help the world, that is a win-win situation. A million percent. All right. Well, let's see what kind of situation we're going to get into next week on Westworld. Is it going to be a win-lose? <laughs> a lose-lose? It's not going to be a win-win. It never is. A draw? Uh, we <laughs> don't know. We don't know what it's going to be. So we're going to find out. Crisis Theory coming your way next week, a little bit later than usual. Keep an ear out for that podcast. Send those questions in westworldofposurecaps.com. We'll be back as soon as possible. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Be kind to yourself. 